Hi, weirdos. I'm Deidre, and this is Weird Animal Facts Explicit, a show dedicated to the weird, odd, unusual, gross, and oftentimes disturbing facts about animals. And this is the fan episode, where both animals of today were requested by fans just like you. If you there, listening, would like to recommend an animal to hear on this podcast, then please reach out on our social media platforms, which can be found on the episode description. And if you'd like to see images of all the animals we talk about, because let's face it, not everyone is as animal savvy as me, go to our Instagram at WAFpodcast. Today's animals were recommended by one, my friend and fan, Brittany, and a real fan, Jason, who coaches Special Olympics and shares some of the facts he learns from the show with his athletes. Thanks for listening, and thanks for recommending the animals of today. Sidewinder, Anne Binterong. For me, someone who has worked with pooping animals for over a decade, it became easy for me to have a somewhat dark and some could say crude sense of humor. But for those of you who have listened to multiple episodes of this podcast, I'd like to think that you share my sense of humor. But not all do. And for those of you who don't, and my friend Brittany, who recommended our first animal and whose birthday is coming up, and my co-host for an upcoming kids podcast. Hi, Brittany. Happy birthday. Anyways, I have promised her that I would do an episode, or at least half an episode, that even she could tolerate listening to. But, oh wait, again, it's only half an episode. Like, it's just the sidewinder part that will be family friendly. The bitrong will be normal Deidre humor. Oh yeah. So if you are tuning in for the first time on this episode and just want to hear weird facts without the explicit, or your Britney, the Sidewinder is for you. But that's it. Don't listen to the Bintrong, or really any of the other ones if you don't like hearing bad words, or things that make you a little uncomfortable. However though, if you are here for the explicit weird animal facts, then be sure to stick around because uh, normally I have no filter, as some of you know. Anyhow, let's get started and see how this, uh, being family-friendly goes. Sidewinder. A snake with all the moves. He's got the moves like Jagger. he got the moves like Jagger. Let's face it, snakes have it hard. Ever since Adam and Eve, the world has been against them. Then again, it also might have something to do with the fact that their eyes are always open, appearing like those creepy paintings in the haunted house that are always staring at you. When really, in the snake's case, they just don't have eyelets. It's not their fault they look that way. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's a creepy snake. But snakes aren't that bad. Sure, the sidewinder looks like a grumpy spouse who just woke up from a very comfortable nap and is now considering giving back that engagement ring you gave her. But again, not their fault. I will admit that the sidewinder does give off a grumpier appearance than your common snake especially compared to the sandboa, who looks like a cartoon version of a snake. Especially since the sidewinder snake is not only venomous, but also has what looks like eyelashes that gives off the same impression as those penciled-on eyebrows that belong on a Disney evil villain. <laughs> but the sidewinder, as weird as it looks, is not evil. It's just like heaven. But just what is a sidewinder? This weirdo gets their name from their weird way of moving. Think about the last time you saw a snake move. And if you're an average human being, you probably would have been moving as well, and just as weird. Ah, snake! When we think about a moving snake, we normally think about it in the traditional slither. 
when in actuality, there are four ways that snakes move. One, two, three, four, hit it, hit it. Snakes move in four different ways. One, two, three, four snakes. So if you were to take a snake movement test, you would have probably gotten a 33%. So an F. <laughs> but don't worry, the exam isn't until the end of the Sidewinder segment. Oh, and FYI, I have actually already mentioned two types of snake movement. As I just said, there's the traditional S-shape movement called serpentine movement, as well as, you've guessed it, Sidewinder, which we'll get into in just a moment. Hold, please. The other two types of snake movement are pretty easy as long as you think of a caterpillar and an accordion, which are different types of movements. I like to move and move it. I like to move and move it. I like to snake it. The caterpillar movement is a slow, straight motion where snakes, like a green anaconda, will use their belly scales to grip the ground and slowly push themselves forward. And this caterpillar movement still kind of has an S-shape, but not in the traditional sense of what you're thinking about or how you have probably seen a snake as you run the other direction. Ah! But to see the caterpillar's S-shape, you need to look at it from the side. And you look for the small up and down curves, kind of like a wave in a way. Because in order for the snake to move forward, some of the body needs to be lifted. You lift me up so I can slither forward. This is also called rectilinear. This is also called rectilinear. 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 I practiced saying this before we just did it now. So I'll have the phone say it so you're not confused. Rectilinear. The fourth type of snake movement is like an accordion and is strictly for climbing. The front of the body will reach forward or up because it's going up a tree, I suppose, while the back, with use of their belly scales, will hold tight. I'll never let go. Now, with the front of their body and belly scales holding tight, the snake brings up their back end. This is called concertina. Con concertina movement. Concertina movement. Hope I said that right. Let's find out. Concertina. I think I said that one correctly. Woohoo! By the way, if you're just tuning in, I don't normally say words correctly sometimes. But yet, here I am doing a podcast. Oh, anything is possible if you put your dreams to it. But the snake of discussion today moves how, you think? By sidewinding. Which is pretty self-explanatory, but let's dive in anyways. Now, to understand the how and why the sidewinder movement is sidewinding, we need to know where it lives. The desert. Now, yes, I do realize that I could have easily put the sidewinder in the Wild West episodes of last month, but unlike many of the animals from our Wild West episodes last month, the sidewinder is not exclusively American. They can be found in deserts of North America, Africa, and the Middle East. And... As we know, because we are all smart and knowledgeable individuals, most of the landscape in the desert is very, very, very dry. And in many deserts, such as the one sidewinders can be found in, the floor is sand. Is it called floor when it's outside? Ground. The ground is sand. Sure. And I don't know about you, but I find walking on dry sand can take an extra bit of work. 
your feet sink for a moment, then you have to lift your foot back up and out of the sand. Then, when you put your foot back down, it might slide a bit, especially if barefoot and or at an angle. Why do you think beach volleyball players have such amazing calf muscles? Bump, set, spike! But for the sidewinder, instead of bulking up like an Olympic athlete, they, in a sense, change their footwear. Fun fact, snakes don't have feet. Okay, okay, I know what you're thinking. Snakes don't wear shoes because they don't have feet, like that fun fact just said earlier. But remember how in a couple of the snake movement types, snakes would use their belly scales to help them move and hold on to things. And that, their belly scales, that is, that's what got an upgrade. It's time to upgrade. Fun fact, belly scales on snakes are shaped differently than the scales you might be thinking of. The belly scales, or gastrostigis, or ventral scales, take your pick of the word, hopefully one you can pronounce, those actually look like the side paneling of a house, you know, like one layered on top of the other. Those are the belly scales, or gastrostigis. Gastrostegis. 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 Scientists at Emory University looked at gastrostegis scales, or the belly scales, of sidewinders and compared them to that of a slithering snake, one who doesn't sidewind. However, they looked at it under an atomic force microscope, which is just a little tiny, really detailed, very closely looking, and found that the microscopic structure was different. While the snake that moved in a slither had what looked to be spikes, so to aid with their forward motion, the sidewinder's belly scales had tiny, uniform pits across their belly. So why does that even matter? Well, for the sidewinder who lives on sand, where there aren't really many resistance points for the snake's belly to grip onto, those tiny pits on their scales help to give them the appearance of moon walking across the sand. That's one small step for man, one giant slither. Snakes. By only having two parts of their body on the sand at one time, the snake will throw its body forward like taking a step on the ground. They can throw their body forward so quickly that they can get up to the same speed as you on your bicycle. Assuming you're not like a Olympic speed racer. With that speed, you'd think they'd be able to use it for chasing after prey. But no. The sidewinder is sneaky or lazy depending on how you look at it. After finding a highly lizard-populated area, the sidewinder will wiggle its little snake rolls under the sand so that all is hidden beneath, with the exception of their very tiny cute little snake snoot and their horns, where it will then stay perfectly still until... Supper's ready! Well, uh, this is not making me feel any better about snakes. I don't want to step on one while at the sandy beach. Alright, well you won't. They, because the Sidewinder, they are desert animals. They live in the desert. And if you're walking around barefoot in the desert, you're probably from the early 1800s and got robbed in your journey along the Oregon Trail or are a cast member in Lawrence of Arabia. Otherwise, I wouldn't worry about it. Or just wear shoes when you're in the desert. Sand can be hot. Shoes. Oh my gosh, shoes. These shoes rock. Oh my god, snakes. These snakes rock. But what you should be worried about is me attempting to read the Sidewinder's scientific name. Scientific names are hard. And if you are allowing your family and kiddos to listen to this half of the show, then this segment is to let them know that it's okay if you have a hard time pronouncing certain words. 
especially if they are in Latin. Just do your best and sound it out. That's what I'm gonna do. So the way this segment works, I ask my roommate Emily to write on a sheet of paper the scientific name of the animal that I do not read until this moment. So wish me luck. All right, we're back. Uh, I took a quick break, which you wouldn't know because I can edit this podcast. So here is the scientific name. We have two of them. The Sidewinder, which is the U.S., that's its official name, and the Horned Viper, which is a Sidewinder species from the Middle East. Let's start with the Sidewinder. Cortalis cirastus. Cortalis cirastus. I think that went pretty well. Next is the Horned Viper. Cirastis? Cirastis. It's the same word. It's actually the both these two words for the horned viper are the same word and is also the same word as the second word of the side, sidewinder. Serastus, serest, serestus, serestus. That's it. It's the transition song from going to one topic to the next. It's the transition song. So that we have no awkward silence. Warning. This is the part of the show where we warn you that Weird Animal Facts is now explicit. If you are youth or have sensitive ears, you may want to turn away now, as we will be talking about sexy things and shit. And if shit is sexy, maybe if you're a strangler fig. Warning over. Explicit. Binturong. Remember the time when we were all free to live our lives as real people and can go out into the world? Do you remember walking into the movie theater and your nose was instantly hit with an aroma of buttery popcorn? Well, for those of you who miss that heavenly smell and just need your aerial nostril snorting of popcorn, all you have to do is put your nose deep into the coarse black fur of the binturong. Don't actually do this. Also called a bear cat, and I know what you're wondering. What is a binturong? Is it a bear? Is it a cat? Was it a drunken night between Smokey and Hello Kitty? Um, no. But to find out just what a binturong is, we must go deep into the taxonomy of this weird movie theater animal. Kingdom phylum class. Order. Family genus species. Just like when you need to learn where that unibrow on you came from, you turn to your family. Kingdom phylum class. Order. Family genus species. The other family members to the Binturong include the civet and a familiar animal for you true weirdos out there. If you have listened to episode 5, where we talked about the weirdness that is the Fusa, then you have already met one of the Binturong's cousins. And their family name is... And please forgive me, Darwin, as I attempt to pronounce this... Viveridea. Viveridea. We are family. The civet, fusa, and me. And although the binturong is related to the fusa and civet, the binturong itself is sort of a hoshbosh of multiple animals. The face is something between a raccoon and a red panda. Ears, a hybrid between a cat and a bear. Long, thick legs and paws like that of the powerful jaguar, and a long, fluffy tail that's not just for balance, but also for an extra hand. That's right, the Binturong's long, fluffy tail is prehensile. 
the same way a murderer's hands grabs onto his victim's throat. The bitrunk's tail could possibly choke a man to death. Luckily for us, this southeastern Asian mammal, the binturong, is not in the habit of harming people. But since they are in the Carnivora family, it's not a completely impossible possibility. Typically eating things like small invertebrates or eggs, they aren't strictly carnivores. And that's a good thing too. And it all has to do with their poo. Imagine if our poo had a benefit for the world we live in. And I'm not just talking about preventing your gut from hurting by quickly taking a trip to the porcelain palace. Since the Venturong doesn't just eat meat, their poo is very good. Because what comes in must come out, and after eating full fruits, out comes the seeds. So if you'd like to help replant some of the tasty foods that you eat, just poop outside. Disclaimer! Please do not doo-doo outside. I don't think your neighbors would approve. Plus, from all of my experience working with animals, I can confidently say that omnivore poo, like yours, is some of the more nasty of all the poo out there. Hey there, moms at home. Have you ever wished that you could just control the sperm of your man? And I'm not just talking about turning down the sexy. I'm talking about after the sexy and sex has taken place. And what did you do? You forgot a condom. What's a girl to do? As a human woman, you only have two options. Ugh, lame. But what if there was a third? Introducing Bitron Contraception. Where you, as a woman, have even more choices. Don't feel like being pregnant during the hot, humid, disgusting summer? Wouldn't you rather that child be have their birthday not be the same time of year as Christmas? Don't want to be pregnant right now, but maybe later on in the year? If so, the Bitron contraception may be right for you. Join the approximately 100 other female mammal species of the world and enjoy the benefits of delayed implantation. Just like the black bear in episode 1, the 9-man armadillos of episode 13, and about 97 others, you too can join this exclusive club. Enjoy delayed implantation with Bitron contraception. Although technically it should be Bitron conception, or it's like a both, a bo- mixture of both words. Contracore perception. Contracore perception. Or maybe we'll just call it Choose Your Own Adventure, Bitron Edition. Speaking of choosing your own adventure, it's now time for... Would You Rather? Or you ask yourself, would you rather? When it comes time to seducing your future lover, would you rather secrete juicy odors from the base of your tail that smells of buttery popcorn? Or would you rather smell like Axe body spray? This has been Would You Rather. And as a zookeeper, I can say that going home at the end of the day, I would much rather go home smelling like a the butt gland of a bintrong than an opossum. And now it's time for round two of Would You Rather. Would you rather, for the rest of your days, smell like the gland of the popcorn aroma of the bintrong or the anal gland of an opossum, who only uses that particular scent when wanting to smell literally like death? And trust me, it's gross. Imagine a fart wrapped in a soggy doo-doo tortilla. 
You know how when you eat a burrito and some of the juices fall out? That's kind of what the opossum scent glands are like. Oh, I hope I didn't just ruin burritos for you. This has been Would You Rather. Aside from getting some booty or establishing territory, why does the binturong smell like popcorn? Because of a chemical, the same compound created by popping popcorn is also in the binturong. Fun fact, this same compound can also be found in freshly toasted bread and cooked rice. It's thought that it's the juices reacting to the bacteria in the world outside or the bacteria in their gut. As, like many mammals, the binturong can be gross, seeing that they will rub their buttery juices on everything from all the branches of their home tree to their legs and tail. But at least it smells like popcorn and not the death aroma of the opossum. When scientists were first making up hypothesis as to why the binturong could possibly smell like popcorn, they first thought maybe it was the food. But that was quickly proven wrong. But the reason for this thought was due to the strangler fig, which is a very awesome looking tree and food that the binturong eats, obviously. Think of a giant tree that looks to be home to fairies like from Ferngully, The Last Rainforest. And if you have never watched Ferngully, it's a fantastic animated movie from 1992 that Avatar pretty much just ripped off, made for adults. Ferngully is just the kid-friendly version of Avatar. Have your kids watch it. It's got Tim Curry and Robin Williams in it. Anyways, the reason why scientists thought there was something extra to these seeds of the strangler fig is because the seeds can't germinate without some extra help. Germinate to cause to sprout or develop. It's a right strangler fig seed. Most of us need help to grow too. And that helping hand that the strangler fig seed needs comes from the digesting processes of the binturong's gut. That's right. Sometimes in order to grow, you have to go through someone else's shit. We've all been there. But look how amazingly awesome this tree is. All right, you know those arm casts people are wearing now that look to be like a mixture between a spider web and something that you would find on a futuristic NASA spacesuit? That's kind of what this tree looks like, as if wrapped in vines, but it's not vines. When you first learn about it, you think that it's a parasite, but it's not, but it kind of is, but anyways, it's not. <laughs> Although it does kill the tree, but it takes about 80 to 150 years to do so. So that's not exactly a dramatic epic death. Huh. And now it's time for another round of Would You Rather? Would you rather die a quick, fast death, or a slow, non-painful death? Or so I assume it's non-painful for the tree host. This has been Would You Rather. Either way, whatever you want to call the strangler fig, a parasite or not, it provides so much biodiversity to the rainforest habitat by giving food to lots of animals like the bentrong and even a fantastic shelter that would make any Instagram page jealous, including mine. The strangler fig does this in four easy steps. Step one, it starts by a bird or another critter, like a binturong, leaving behind their tiny sticky seed on the branch of a tree, high up in the canopy. Step two, that seed grows to have long branches called air roots that grow down the trunk of the tree and from a distance may look more like vines, but are tough. Step three, 
those air roots then begin to wrap around the trunk of the host tree until it looks like those fancy casts on skateboarders' arms. And step four. Due to the air roots outcompeting the host tree for moisture in the air as it wraps around it, as well as those budding plants high up in the branches of the tree that then start to grow so large that they themselves have created an almost umbrella over top the host tree's leaves, blocking out the sunlight for the host. Therefore, the host tree dies, leaving behind what looks to be that fancy future cast, only with no skateboarder's arm inside because it disintegrated and died. As horrifying as slowly being suffocated by a fig sounds, the strangler fig is considered a keystone species, meaning it's the key to hold the ecosystem together. And seeing that binturongs are some of the only animals able to help these figs grow shows just how important the binturong is to their ecosystem. And all they have to do is eat and poop. And that, my friends, that should be the ultimate dream in life. To become a binturong. Scientific names are hard. Here is the binturong scientific name. Arctictus, Arctictus, binturong. Arctix Ventron. Well, these are actually pretty easy scientific names today. Either that, or I'm getting better, or I'm just sounding more confident so I don't get mocked as much. Anyways, this is the end of the show. And remember that the two animals of today were recommended by people just like you at home listening. And to recommend an animal, it's free! Because if you're as poor as I am, then you know just how happy the word free really makes you. But whether you are poor like me and bond over our empty pockets or are rich and are just hoarding all your money when you could be giving it to me or the animals in need, I suppose. Thank you so much for listening and for all of you who have reached out to me via social media. I'm always so very happy to hear from all of you and I'm so glad to be able to be bringing such weird happiness to your lives. And now hopefully, since you have listened and learned about these two weird animals of the world, you can go out and make their lives happier by simply spreading the word of how amazingly weird and wonderful the Sidewinder and Binturongs are. In fact, you can tell people how awesome all animals are. Just by spreading the word, we can save a species. So thank you. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen. And stay weird.